Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About Money, Rod and Tacos on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Ziki. Uh, today, I have something interesting planned, and we'll be talking about the American healthcare system and how it affects you as a, as a student. Uh, the reason why I took this is because, you know, I've been trying a new thing, is trying to go deep, like I said before, and talk about how different actual financial situations applies to you as a student and why you should be concerned or why you should pay attention to the different policies being passed around into laws and interviews and stuff like that. And one of the things that I wanted to look into was the America, what's it called, the Obamacare versus the Trump care system. What is the key difference and what does that mean for different, different people? So I did a little bit of research, find out a lot more about this and I'm bringing it back to you. As it is, and what I find, and it's up to you to make a decision which one is better and which one works for you as a person. Well, that said, again, this is Let's Talk About Money, Rad and Tacos on a Tuesday, and I'm your host, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoy making it. Stay tuned. So... The American healthcare system. Uh, as we all know, the uh, United States does not have a universal healthcare system, uh, and that means there is no universal healthcare coverage. And only recently was there a, a, what's called a legislation mandating healthcare coverage for everyone, and we all know that was Obamacare that mandated that. Uh, the United States healthcare system can be best described as an hybrid one, of which is pretty much there is a different different ways of getting like insurance and different policies and some premiums you can buy for, and they cover like different stuff. So it's not just one thing. You can get like um, there's the government plan, the Medicaid, the Medicare, and then there is like the private insurance, and even in the private insurance, like different kind of tiers into like. And it is really, really high. Like, the cost of insurance is one of the reasons why most, most Americans have problems accessing healthcare because most people don't have insurance, especially when it comes to young adult transitioning from college life to getting a job and moving away from the parents' plan to living on their own. So, that little window, you have a lot of people from the age of 26 to older that do not have healthcare insurance. And so one of the things is why is healthcare services so expensive in the United States? Uh, one of the reasons for that is the new cost for like the new technologies and the prescription medication. There is age pharmaceutical things coming out with new drugs and patents and stuff like that. Those rises the cost of the LK system and those rises the cost for like the insurance and the premiums. And also there's the rise in chronic diseases and that also was a national what's it called academy of science found that um, among that among the I other high-income nations, the United States has a higher rate of chronic illness and a lower overall life expectancy, which it's very uh, it's no surprising.
which is no surprise uh, when you think about like the different kind of what's it called like the GMOs and all the things just in the body and so there's a lot of factors that play into that but and that's one of the reasons why healthcare is very very costly in the United States um, so <clears throat> why majority of the United States have healthcare insurance and premiums and there is also like what's it called the rising in pre there's a recent increase in like the premium cost for like the quality that you get and those things are falling down. So nowadays it's not that you get a premium and you're necessarily covered. It's more like you're getting a premium and sometimes you might not be covered for something as simple as a CT scan or maybe you have an headache like that. And due to the cost of our insurance and and the premiums and of the lack of coverage, most people can't uh, find it difficult to take a simple illness to the doctor and just talk about it and see where it goes just because of the cost that will cost them. And that in itself decreases the life expenses for most people. Uh, and this thing's like kind of like interwoven. And the reason why I'm mentioning them is just to give you an idea of why and what is like what our ecosystem is and what is that way and what the effects are on different different people. Uh, coming up next, uh, I'll be talking about the Affordable Care Act and what it entails and what the what's it called and what it entails and the benefit and the bloopers it has become. Stay tuned. Alright, welcome back. As I was saying earlier, uh, I'll be talking about that for the care Act just a little bit, just to give an idea of what it is. And as it's also known as the Obamacare, and it was put into act, uh, it was signed by President Obama in March 2010 into law. And the provision included uh, the, what's it called, included uh, intended to expand the access of the healthcare coverage and increase uh, consumer protection and emphasize the uh, prevention and wellness and uh, what to call uh, and promote evidence-based treatments and, and the administrative efficiency in attempts like cope the rising healthcare cost. So in the beginning of what uh, 2014, almost all Americans uh, were required to have some form of health insurance from either their employer or an individual one or through a public program such as Medicare and Medicare. And the American Affordable Health Care Affordable Care Act uh, made it easy for you to shop for health insurance. That's one of the reasons why it was uh, widely accepted and for premiums, for health insurance premiums and if you and but at the same time there were some issues involving it which because it left some many people uh, were uninsured and had to face like high deductibles and premium costs and furthermore like there were 20 states that had not expanded the Medicaid program and a lot of people didn't get full coverage and they were left like in between like the coverage gaps where if you fit into like a certain kind of income you are not eligible to get the Medicare or Medicaid uh, system. And so that was one of the reasons why uh, uh, current president, President Donald Trump, decided to wanted to scrap the Affordable Care Act because most people uh, complain about it. It, it was a hit or miss when it comes to that. And 
some people were left uh, unsatisfied with it and others were okay with it but what president trump proposed was the american health care act and i'll be the difference between the two i will explain in a little bit is that the 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 American Healthcare Act, it's basically just the same thing, but there's like just a little bit like tiny, tiny details that were different uh, in them. So uh, what I would like to do is just do a quick comparison of the two. And so uh, just like to look at the key policy differences and for the American, uh, what's it called? For the Affordable Care Act, there is, what's, uh, there is a federal tax penalty if you don't get health insurance. Uh, but unlike that, the American Health Care Act uh, allows you to go without getting health insurance and you don't get any penalties for it. Uh, at the same time, both of them uh, are granted what's it called subsidies and tax credit for health insurance premiums. So if you are a person, uh, what's it called, in need of health insurance, you'll be given tax breaks in both of them, in both cases. And this is according to the EL, uh, the income limit for the different, uh, that's where there is a little bit of difference to get the tax credit. The income limit to get the tax credit for the Affordable Care Act is you have to be earning, uh, I think, about $47,000 a year as an individual or as a family, you have to be earning $97,000 a year. And that leaves like a huge gap like when there's a tax raise if you just uh, a little bit above that then you have what's it called you're left in like that little coverage gap where you don't get covered by the uh, the government's insurance but for the american health care act you have to be any uh, what's it called to get your tax limit is up to seventy five thousand dollars for an individual and then it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a family and that was one of the things there and the maximum tax credit and subsidy that the government will pay let's say if you qualify for this uh for the affordable care act is there is no fixed one they would pay anything but for the american health care act it's gonna range from two thousand uh dollars per year for a young adult to fourteen thousand dollars per year for uh, a family including their uh, what to call uh, older adult kids, and mind you, the Affordable Care, um, the American Health Care Act, uh, hasn't been voted into law yet. It's still a bill that's been passed, but it has to go to Senate to actually vote into law. So this is why you want to pay close attention to it, because as students, you might be like, "How oh, does this affect me?" But indirectly, you've been affected because you're under your parents' plan, and you're gonna be under your parents' plan. Own the air up to the age of 26, and while you're there, there are certain things that you would that you and your parents would be uh, allowed access to based on what kind of policy are in place, and that's what I'm going over right now. And the other thing you can look for is uh, can you buy what can you buy a plan that doesn't what cover a benefit that you don't want? So, can you like scrap some benefit in there, like some let's say if you're not interested in like the mental health coverage and can you just buy a plan and then skip that according to the affordable care act you cannot do that the the coverage there are 10 essential health benefits that are covered 
that are required to be covered by the Affordable Care Act. So basically, when you buy insurance, you buy all those ten things, regardless of whether you need them or not. But according to the American Healthcare Act, you can, and it, that is if your state has a special waiver from the federal government. So your state will be in charge of deciding whether it's yes or no, depending on what waivers they have. And then, so for parents, can parents keep the kids uh, to uh, the age of 26 under their own insurance? Both of them allow that. So you can still be under your parents' uh, insurance until you're 26, regardless of what policy is in place. Uh, but the thing is that can uh, and also both of them does not what to call both of them state that you cannot be denied uh, your application cannot be denied based on your pre-existing condition so whether whatever your sickness or illness is you're covered under both things and you can deliver an insurance company and Another thing that they both have in common is that you, what's it called, you can switch from one, uh, what's it called, from one insurance company to the other, uh, depending on the time, when there's a switch period, and without getting a penalty. And also, newborns are covered, uh, newborn babies are covered on your insurance, regardless of whether, uh, what's it called, uh, the medical condition, and they're covered. And also, like, there is an enrollment period where you can switch between insurance for both parties. And the difference is, the, the key differences that we can look at is, depending on uh, what's it called, your pre-existing condition, if you don't have insurance for several months, according to the Affordable Care Act, if you go back to get, uh, what's it called, to get insurance, you can't be charged more. But for the American Health Care Act, if you are uh, uninsured for several months and you have a pre-existing condition and you try to go back to get uh, uh, insurance, there is a possibility that your insurance company would charge you more and you pay more uh, than a regular person. And also, the, the person that defines uh, the mandatory benefits wouldn't be for that covers all the insurance plan. For the what's it called? The Affordable Care Act is the federal government, but for the American Healthcare uh, Care Act, it's more or less the state, depending on if they get a waiver. So the state would be the one mandated to take uh, mandating what healthcare benefits should be covered under each plan. And other thing that they have in common is that there is a profit cap on insurance companies. So you the insurance company can't just keep gouging you out and they won't benefit from you but i don't know what exactly the numbers are and that's something if you're interested you could take a better look at and you could get more into it and so and the other thing in there that there is a difference is is when it comes to federal uh, invisible risk sharing program uh therefore the curb does not have that under his what's under its policy wide american care act uh, allows that and the goal of a federal invisible risk sharing program is according to like health affairs is to stabilize the individual insurance market and lower premium while providing guaranteed access to coverage and protecting those w with pre-existing conditions 
Uh, that said, uh, that's something you want to look about when it comes to like the new policies, because uh, especially when it comes to like should Obamacare be scrapped and what should replace Obamacare. Uh, for you as a student, the way it affects you more is right now you're still covered under your parents' insurance, which is fine. So you're getting indirect, you're being uh, what's uh, indirectly affected. But as time goes on, as the future of SEP, depending on what policy and depending on what coverage, there might be something that might affect you and you might not be able to get the full healthcare premium. So it is something that you should take a look at and look closely into. Uh, so I'll take a little break. When we come back, I will talk about other healthcare systems and healthcare services that could be implemented instead of us having an insurance company. And I will talk about what the difference is and what the cost of it might be for an individual. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. So, to wrap up today's episode of Let's Talk About Money, Rather Than Tacos on a Tuesday, uh, I would just like to tell you, just like, just an hour here, that there are different, what's it called, care services in different countries and there are different systems everywhere. And as of right now, America is using this, uh, the hybrid healthcare system, which for some people it works fine and for others it doesn't work. And for you as a student, uh, it is your job, not your job, but it is in your best interest to, to know what these things are. Because as we're going from college, we're graduating, to getting a job, to becoming an adult, you get in more, you'll be more involved in all this other stuff. Uh, so I just did a quick research just to tell you like the, all, what the other services are and uh, what they look like and what they feel like and what countries implement what. Uh, so there is the one called the National Health Service. Which the National Health Service are, uh, is deli- are delivered services are delivered by the government uh, salary uh, by the government salary physicians uh, in the hospitals and clinics that are publicly owned and operated by the government or uh, through tax payment. And although there are somewhat uh, private doctors, but they have specific regulations on their uh, medical practices and they collect the fees from the government. Uh, some countries that use this system as UK, Spain, and as good as this is, uh, the only thing about that is there is going to be an increase in taxpayers money. Uh, when you think about it, you're going to pay a steep price in taxes, which for some people it's affordable, for some people it's not okay, but when you have something like that, you have to pay more taxes just to get those coverages involved. And also, I don't know how effective it is, but for those countries, I think it's working fine for them. And another one that there is available is the National Health Insurance System, which is just in there. It's just a single administration, uh, administration that collects all the insurance fees and then pays them out to like the different medical facilities, uh, which are publicly financed, but are not publicly provided. So it's still a little bit private. There's a little bit like privatization involved in that, but most of the time it's just one single unit. 
that owns that thing. So instead of having like a multiple different insurance with different programs, you just have one, and then you have like a different layer of program involved. Our countries that offer this is Canada and Sweden, among many others. And the last one, which I want to touch on, is the multi-payer health insurance system. Like this, provide universal insurance care used uh, to pay physicians and hospital at a uniform rate, uh, which eliminates the administrative costs for billing. Yeah. Uh, and the countries that use this include France and Germany, and uh, among many others. And so, and it depends on what you want. And I'm not saying we should obviously switch to this. No, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, look around, know more about the healthcare in there. Because as young adults, we like to travel, we like to move, we're spirited, and we want to do so much stuff. And there's so much we want to accomplish, especially as college students. So maybe you might not be here one day. Maybe you might not even be situated in the United States. Maybe your job might take you somewhere else. Uh, the more educated you are on those things, the better you are at knowing what's going on and easily integrated into the system. And if you're going to be here, if you're going to stay and get a job and do what you do, you still want to know and be well informed about the policies, the healthcare policies. Like I said, I'll, like I said before, when I brought like the financial situation, when I was talking about like the North American Free Trade Agreement, uh, you want to be aware of all these policies because in some manner or form, you're affected by these policy changes. And maybe not now, necessarily, maybe that's not what you're thinking about now, well, just keep it at the back of your mind because as you grow older, you start to become more of a decision maker as to what do I get insurance, do I call job provider with insurance or do I get my own and stuff like that. And the more decision you have to make, you have to keep in mind that you one day would get a family and you go from there. And even right now that you're staying under your parents' insurance, you want to know that there is a lot going on in there. So if you go on a rager, is it better for you to break your leg? Would you be covered? Or would you not be covered? So the more you know all these things, the better is it that you'll be able to act and you'll be able to enjoy your college career and well beyond there. Well, thank you for listening in today. I want to say thank you. And I appreciate all my listeners. Uh, I'll keep posting more. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, researching and bring it to you um, again I'll try to put this on uh, Instagram if you're not following and also uh, until next week I'll be bringing something new uh, don't, and until then have a great week bye bye